Welcome to another episode of the Gospel Lifeline Podcast. I'm Neil here with Matthew Statler. And we are back. The boys are back in town, some might say. Neil, we say that every time. Every time we do a podcast, we say, and we're back. Yeah, well, we've been on a hiatus. You know, it's that summertime uh, summertime blues. Uh, <laughs> we've been on a hiatus for like a year. That's how it feels. Well, we're we're getting it. We got a rhythm established. We're we're gonna start cooking these. It's on the calendar. Out. Yeah, when we say we got a rhythm established, it means we put things on the calendar. No, but man, a lot's been happening in our lives and in our churches. Um, you know uh, what what's been going on in your world over the last several months. Man, it just feels like our church is is really gaining momentum. Um, lots of people are volunteering for things and and starting uh, activities and and doing stuff uh, almost on their own initiative, and that has been really exciting. Just different outreaches, and um, so that's been really really good. Uh, church, I think, is is growing in a healthy direction, and um, we're seeing. We're just seeing so many good things happening. Uh, I did a session at Mighty Oaks a couple weeks ago. Uh, counseling training has kicked back up again. I'm teaching at the school. I'm teaching uh, Bible apologetics and uh, Greek for the 12th graders. And um, yeah, there's just, there's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, similar vain as you got a lot of cases working with um trying to grow out our aftercare team uh for mighty oaks and uh man god's just been blessing that endeavor we've got like i want to say like 12 something guys on the team now and should end the year with like 15 i think and so that's crazy because you know it was like four or five of us for five years you know so yeah uh, big, big movements. We've partnered with, you know, over a hundred biblical counselors across the country. Um, we, and then we are running around 45 outposts across the country and more being added at, at any moment. So, um, yeah, we got a big, big team now, a lot of movement, uh, in the church, we've been growing like, uncomfortably growing which uh, gives it birth to all sorts of problems you know uh trying to trying to multiply leaders and we got two guys in our elder pipeline we are at like 10 community groups now um we just finished a marriage discipleship group this summer for all the couples in the church and that was really fruitful but really tough um yeah so, yeah man, i was just yeah, oh, and we baptized like six people the other day. So that was I was pretty pumped about that. Like uh, same thing, man. People are just living on mission, striving to uh give God glory with their lives and their vocations and their homes. And uh but you know, workload can go crazy. So uh again, this isn't for- the subject of our uh, our podcast, but I read somewhere that the summer months have been exceptionally high for a lot of churches. Uh, with people coming and and attending church, maybe maybe unchurched people or or something. Yeah. But I was I read somewhere that a lot of churches, maybe it's anecdotal, but a lot of yeah. churches are are seeing a growth uh, over the summer months, and that's been true for us. And it sounds like pretty true for you guys. 
Yeah, we always kind of experience it in PCS season. This is a PCS season. Uh, so, like, for non-military listeners out there, uh, folks who are in the in the active duty uh, service uh, will get new orders, and usually that happens in summer and winter time frames. And uh, so we'll we'll lose a lot of people from our church, but then we'll get this big influx. And yeah. so we're just kind of experiencing that right now, kind of sitting there close to 300 people every Sunday. So that's awesome, which, man. which is tough. Oh yeah. And we hired a new staff member. So that that's been a, you know, a really a joy, but you know, a lot of work goes into hiring somebody and getting them online. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and God, God's been really gracious uh, in our lives, but it, it has been a busy season. And, and that kind of brings us to what we want to talk about today. You know, there are times in our lives where we will, um, get overwhelmed or be stressed out. Um, maybe we encounter a difficult circumstance, uh, a hard, a particular, particularly difficult hardship we may face. Sometimes uh, is we, we experience hardship from um, not overcoming the sin that we're really wrestling with. I mean, it can feel like this is never, I'm never going to get through this. I'm always struggling with like, you can get feel real defeated, you know? Um, and so, you know, kind of what Matt and I wanted to talk about today was like, man, what do we do when life feels like it's pressing us down? And, uh, there's a couple of different instances that we, we want to talk about, but one of the big, you know, kind of give a thesis essentially is man, we worship. God calls us to worship in those moments of extra stress and difficulty, he calls us to, to, to draw close to him. And one of the ways that we draw near to him is through the act of worship. So we're going to kind of look at several different texts today and unpack kind of what that looks like. What does it look like to set your face upon the Lord, uh, you know, regardless of season, but particularly when we feel like we're being crushed, you know? So Neil, let me let me yeah, give an illustration shoot. from uh, from my life. So I have a three year old little toddler boy, and uh, I have noticed recently when he is like trying to build up courage or like run into some kind of for him dangerous situation, right? Like he's uh, he's getting pumped up to go and do something crazy. He he sings. Uh, he sings the Paw Patrol theme song, and so he just starts belting that sucker out, and then he goes running through the house, and then jumps onto the couch, right? Or yeah, he jumps yeah. off the couch, or but it, it's just interesting that I've noticed, like, to to psych himself up, you know, this is like a little two, three year old. He just grabs a song that's like whatever, and he sings it. So, you know, he'll be like, Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, be there on double. And then he goes, bah, you know, he jumps into whatever. And uh, we might get I, sued I think, now for you singing that song. I know. Yeah. <laughs> copyright. Um, but yeah, that that is like for him, that's a, a, a way to encourage or inculcate some form of gang motivation. Courage. Yeah. The gang courage. And and I, and I was we were reflecting on this subject and I was just like, you know, what is it about singing um in in particular the the in worship the singing aspect of worship that brings out some form of an emotional response to us right 
Um, and I think it's more than just physiological because, you know, when you're seeing your lungs open up and your breath, uh, you know, brings in more blood flow and you're you're belting it out, you're singing it. But if you've ever seen um, some, you know, like some uh, sports teams as they prepare, like really like I, I, I watched these this rugby team from uh, New Zealand and they were singing like a call and response hymn. And they were wrapped around each other and they were singing a hymn as they got pumped up for rugby. Right. And, and that concept is not um, unusual. So, but scripture teaches us about that. Right. And, and that's what you wanted to bring in was that the text that, that really shows us singing in a worshipful sense, singing, you know, in a, in a natural sense, but then singing in a worshipful sense is created to um, to to elevate our emotions. Yeah, yeah, and to add to what you're saying too, like singing can be a motive motivating factor, like helps us to take the appropriate action we need to take. But also, it can be a reorientating factor as well. We may be in the pit, and we need to sing ourselves out of the pit. Sometimes, right. I had right. this little girl. I. I you know, we got three staff members now, so, or four, um, but another a pastoral assistant is his position. So he was preaching this Sunday and in second service, Stephen did confession through communion. So I was kind of like on the sidelines. So I was like, man, let me go see if children's ministry needs some help, you know? So I went into the, the baby room with the, the in nursery and they have this one little girl who just high pitched screams the whole time. And, uh, so they were like, you're on her, <laughs> like threw me under the bus, I guess. I don't know. So anyway, I was holding her and I just started singing this, uh, it's a Christian sea shanty as St. Yeah. Brendan's voyage. And, uh, I started singing we'll be all right. If the Lord be on our side, that's right. And, uh, I started, I sung that for like 30 minutes and that little girl did not cry. It were like, it directed her heart the right, you know, right place. So, you know, there's a couple of examples of like gearing up for action or also, um, you know, reorientating our heart in the right, into the right perspective even. So what are some texts that come to your mind Uh, and then maybe choose one of those positions, right? Is this, is this going to get our hearts ready for action or is this a reorientating type of text? Yeah, you know, of course, the the main one in the New Testament is Paul and Silas uh, in the jail in Philippi. They're chained in the bottom and they and they sing. Uh, they're singing praises, which one is just a, a powerful witness uh, to the the beauty of suffering for Christ. Um, but yeah, I, I do think it's possible that that's more of a reorienting. Uh, sure. They're just they're reminding themselves about who their God is and they're singing. Uh, but a, a passage that that I'd like to really explore is Psalm 42. Psalm 42, you know, as the deer pants for the water, many people have turned that into a, um, or that it is a hymn, and I really love it. But if you look at verse 5, the question is, why are you in despair, O my soul, and why are you disturbed within me? And then he talks to himself, right? And I think it's Lloyd-Jones that says, most Christians' problem is they never talk to themselves anymore, right? right? So wait for God, for I shall praise him for the salvation of his presence. 
Oh my God, my soul is in despair within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and the peaks of Hermon from Mount Mizar. And then verse seven, deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls. And this just reminds me of Ezekiel where he has that vision of God and has said that the God's voice is like that of um, thunder and, and, and all this powerful sound. Um, and it says, all your breakers and your waves had rolled me over. And if you've ever been in the ocean and you've just been knocked around by the waves, man, it's just, that's sometimes how I feel in life, right? Especially a couple of weeks ago, man, we just had some bad news um, for our church, just some, some situation there. And then there was just multiple things that were going on within that. So I'm like already reeling from this bad situation. Then I get this other bad situation. Then I mishandle another situation. And I'm like, I got all, all these things. So I'm trying to repair the mishandled situation, um, you know, just fixing. And it wasn't like uh, like some major sin. I just told somebody something that needed to get adjusted. And I was like, now I got to go back and help him change his plans. And it was just all this stuff. And it just felt like the breakers were were hitting over me. The waves were coming over me. And then our passage says in verse eight, by day, Yahweh will command his loving kindness. And by night, his song will be with me, a prayer to the God of my life. Mm. And that that struck me for a minute. I said, so he is at nighttime when most of us are meditating on or, you know, the the, the bad things that happen during the day. He said that his song will be with me. So God's song, the LSB capitalizes his, um, pointing to it being God. So God's song will be with me, a prayer to the God of my life. Yeah. So what that did for me is remind me, well, I need to be singing. Um, yeah. I need to be singing the songs that God has given us through the Psalms. So um, the Grace Community Church, they've, They've put a lot of the psalms to, or the, all the psalms to some form of music. One of them is Ode to Joy. And so I just took that and I just sang it out because um, I know the tune. The rest of them, I have no idea what the tune is, so I couldn't sing it if I wanted to. Uh, but this one I could. And so I just I just lay in bed and began to sing back the psalms to him. And that was reorienting uh, for yeah. me, a reminder of his loving kindness, of his presence, um, and then help me focus in on what truly matters. Uh, and that was who God is. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of Charles Spurgeon. Uh, he said, I've learned to kiss the waves that throw me up against the rock of ages. You know, it's yeah. like singing helps us to <laughs> kiss those waves, right? Um, to be reoriented. I think, um, I think that's a great example. And, uh, you know, I think especially for the person who deals with like, you know, um, intrusive thoughts or memories or night terrors, right? Like that Psalm talks about the day and the night being plagued by both, you know, and, yeah. and how to orientate our hearts in the midst of, you know, um, those memories even and that may be troubling or thoughts that may be troubling, you know, we, we, so if you don't know kind of how we do this is we'll, we'll start, kind of talking around a topic uh, ahead of time and well 
you know, we'll each kind of go to the scriptures ourselves and study the passages and, and uh, then we kind of wing it while we record. Um, but for me, when I was studying, I was really struck by Second Chronicles chapter 20 and the example that King Jehoshaphat uh, gives us. Um, so Jehoshaphat 19 kind of sends, uh, he, he makes a bad call. And um, before that, all of the you know, surrounding armies from different foreign lands were terrified of the people of God. They didn't want nothing to do with it. But after this, it was like they got that courage and they wanted to go uh, attack um, Israel. And so it says three different armies came to fight against Jehoshaphat and, and they and he was afraid and the people of God were trembling. So think about the pressure in that moment. Uh, the fear, but Jehoshaphat resolves to do something. I think this is the, um, you know, get yourself, get yourself motivated up to, to, to do something about it um, type of worship that we were talking about earlier, but Jehoshaphat resolves to seek the Lord, to set his face on the Lord. He set his energies, his efforts, and his focus towards God. How do you do that? Well, he began to pray and fast. Uh, he appealed, he, he led all the people in this work of setting their faces to the Lord. He began to pray publicly, and in his prayer, he he reminds his people, uh, he talks about the sovereignty of God. You know, he says, um, Lord God of our ancestors, are you not the God who's in heaven? Do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand. And no one can stand against you. Like the character of God, the ability of God is what, you know, stirs their hearts and orientates their hearts in the right, even in the midst of their fear. And then uh, then they begin to remember how God has cared for them in the past. They confess their weaknesses. He says, our God, will you not judge them for we are powerless before this vast number? Um, so just this idea of prayer. And prayer gets you going, gets you ready to come out in song and and in obedience. And and this is what we see, man. God's word is uh, laid out before Jehoshaphat. He's told to not be afraid or discouraged, and he's reminded that the battle is God's. And so here here's what he does in response to God's word. Man, they they hit the ground. They knelt low. Um, with their faces to the ground and they fell down before the Lord and they worshiped him. They, then they stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel shouting loudly. And then, and then Jehoshaphat as a leader, he, he, I, I call this like putting the worship team on your front lines. If you've ever been in a battle, you like the Marine Corps has a band, Matt, you know, like a real famous yeah, Mar yeah. the Marine Corps band. Right. And, uh, could you imagine them like going, okay, Marine Corps band, you're on the front, <laughs> you're the tip of the spear. But this we is what need Joseph, you to lead this patrol. Yeah, you're gonna lead this patrol. I mean, it's crazy tactically, right? But man, the you think about all the vast number before them, the fear that they that they had in their hearts, and the thing that sets it sets them apart though is like who they worship, and that would be what would drive the actions of that day and so Jehoshaphat essentially sends in the worship team to sing and it says they 
they sang this, give thanks to the Lord for his has said love, his faithful love endures forever. Um, and they began to sing. And then those armies, they got the smoke, they got defeated. You know, I just think about that, like whether you're suffering, whether you're in hardship, whether you've sinned and you're dealing with the consequences of sin, uh, which can feel like suffering. Um, man, like how do you resolve? How do you set your face to the Lord? Uh, for Jehoshaphat and for King David, like, um, or was it Asaph? I think it's David who wrote that I don't song. Know who that was? Uh, regardless, the psalmist that Matt spoke about, or Paul and Silas in the bottom of a jail. Um, what we see in their example that we are to follow is men like in the worst points of life, and in the best points of life is our opportunity to give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love, for he alone can do something about those things. And Neil, you know, as I was looking at my my Bible with the wider margin, I had taken some notes on here. And um, when I had read verse three, it says, and Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek Yahweh and called for a faster at all Ju uh, Judah. Right. Um, I had written fear should lead us to seek Yahweh. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, our sin should lead us to seek the face of God and our fear of man, our fear of what consequences should lead us to seek the face of Yahweh. And then verse 17, you need not fight this in this battle. Take your stand, stand and see the salvation of Yahweh on your behalf O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed tomorrow. Go out to face them for Yahweh is with you. And the singing is just, we're just, we're already celebrating. Guaranteed victory promise. has been won. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're, the band is playing. The fat lady is singing, right? We're, we're popping open the cigars or whatever. Before and the game. Before the battle. Uh, and and how often do you feel overburdened because you're thinking of all the things you are supposed to do yeah. um, or how you have failed or how, you know, you tomorrow you got to face this this big battle. Right. Or clean up the wreckage of a big mess. But instead, we could sit back and rejoice and then lean in um, through it. Right. And, and anyways, this is just a powerful passage of that. Yeah, I mean, we have a great, great series of examples to follow. And and as we look at the the characters of the Bible and like, let it let it drive your responses. You know, uh, don't don't sit back in your anxiety and worry about all the thousand of outcomes that could potentially happen. Hmm. Gain, gain control, you know, guard your heart. Well, how do we do that? Govern your heart. How do we do that? We begin to sing. I was counseling this lady once, Matt, and uh, she she was dealing with some severe suffering and, and it was crippled by fear. And so I, I assigned her a hymn, okay? And uh, when she started feeling those moments where she's like debilitated, right? I told her, I want you to sing in its face, <laughs> You know, yeah, like, yeah. and she's so she literally <laughs> sometimes that was like a person, <laughs> but sometimes it was a situation, but she would just start busting out singing in its face. 
or the or in a person's face. But what what she told me uh, later about that exercise was um, what she recognized was uh, through through song she was remembering who her God is, yeah, and the, how He's holding her close and uh, and the circumstance. It's a matter of time for a circumstance to change, but our God never changes despite the yeah. circumstance. And that was what she was anchored in by. And sometimes we anchor ourselves in by song. Sometimes it's Bible memory. Sometimes, you know, regardless, I mean, that's what Colossians says to sing hymns, psalms and spiritual songs. Like there's a reason uh, why we're told explicitly to do that work. It is good for our hearts. Yeah, so in 15, some men came down from Judea, uh, Judea and began teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised, according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And when Paul and Barnabas had not a little dissension and debate with them, the brothers determined that Paul and Barnabas and some others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders concerning this issue. Right? If you've ever had a church-wide issue or a church discussion— it's hard to be joyful or rejoicing or, you know, you're weighed down by the weight of this situation. Uh, but what we see here is in verse three, therefore being sent on their way by the church, they were passing through Phoenicia and Samaria, recounting in detail the conversion of the Gentiles and were bringing great joy to all the brothers. So they're having joy in controversy. Mm. And I wonder, based on some of the other things we've seen in Acts, if that's not also part of them singing um, and singing hymns together and celebrating. And that's one way uh, the church remains unified is through singing songs. Um, and it's just a fascinating connection there. Yeah, we, we need to hear the songs of our people. The songs <laughs> you know, of our people. Yeah, they encourage us, you know. Yeah, we have this little exercise uh, we do with our kids, and we we learned this from uh, Stephen and Lindsay. Um, Stephen's our senior pastor at our church, and uh, Lindsay is his wife. But something they did with their daughter early on, who's like a freshman now, is they would literally break down songs that she wanted to listen to, and they would ask questions and. And they would come to the conclusion together as a family, like, is this a song of our people? Yeah. And if it's not, we kill it, right? Uh, we don't put it in our hearts. We don't let it form us. Mm. So we, we've kind of done some of that in our home too, asking good questions about, you know, like trying to discern what's what we put in us, you know, or what we sing out of us, <laughs> out of our hearts, right? Because good grief, we know, I mean, Matt, I don't know what kind of music you listen to as a teenager, but I listen to some messy stuff. And no. when you are in a tough spot, that, that there's no rescue there. That orientates your heart towards hell, not, not towards life. Um, but I can remember, you know, growing up in an old school church with a lot of hymns. And uh, I remember doing the crucible in Marine Corps boot camp. And uh, man, I was like, I want to give up at that point. Um, and I, a hymn popped in my head and I was singing a hymn as I was, you know, mushing her forward, you know, yeah, marching yeah. forward. And, you know, the, the 
it, it helps to drive us. It helps to direct us. And so, you know, all of this, uh, I hope is encouraging to you guys. Um, if we were to give you a summation, I think I might say it this way. Man, life is hard. At times you feel at the end of your rope. Set your face on the Lord and worship him. And he will direct your path towards righteousness. Mm. Um, so we want to encourage you guys to sing today. Uh, that's that's our we're back officially. We want you to sing. <laughs> so, uh, guys, we thank you for listening to the Gospel Lifeline podcast. Um, until next time, Neil and Matt, we out. Uh-huh.